Welcome to the NNU TBR podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and today I have a special author interview where we get to look at some a very interesting time period of church history. I was I am so looking forward to this author's book releasing in the new year, and I hope that once you hear about what all went into this and her amazing research, you get excited too. So let's get to it. I am super excited to have with me Jamie Ogle today. Thank you for joining me, Jamie. Thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. So excited to talk to you about. So can you introduce us to like and share a little bit of your writing journey as to how you are where you are and about to release your first book? Yeah, um, I have been, I feel like I've been writing ever since I could like fit pictures and words together. Um, but it probably, it wasn't really until I was partway through college that I realized I wanted to be a writer, um, full, you know, like that's what I wanted to go to school for. So I changed my major and, um, went for creative writing and, um, yeah, wrote through marriage and kids. And it was probably, six years ago that I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish my book and I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make this happen. You know, if I can, like, I'm going to be serious about it now. So, um, yeah. So I finished the book like two months before I went to my first writer's conference, pitched it total disaster. <laughs> um, couldn't I even remember like my main character's name? It was, it was the worst, <laughs> but, um, like, I know yeah. this, I can't remember their name, but I know them. <laughs> it's a really good story, like, I promise. <laughs> so, yeah, that just kind of started the whole roller coaster of try, trying to be published and working toward that. Um, and just entering contests and being rejected by agents and just two years of just high highs and low lows. But, um, yeah, let's see. Has it been, it was last, last, last spring I signed with Christy Cameron and we had a, a contract with Tyndale not too long after. So it was, it was a, a rough road of rejections to like the yeses kind of all at once. So that was fun. And that, that's exciting to go with, you know, Tyn- Tyndale. That's, <laughs> how, how has that been working, you know, writing all these years and then to have like, publishers and editors and all that stuff is it are there I'm sure there's a lot of things that whole new layers right to the writing experience oh yeah it's yeah I feel like you know you you learn as much as you can about like oh what do I need to do to get an agent and like you learn everything you possibly can and then that happens you're like okay uh, I have no idea what happens now (laughs) like I researched up until this point and then it's like what what happens now? So, but the team at Tyndale has been amazing. Christy's been amazing. Just like, you know, walking me through everything, explaining everything. And they've been, they're awesome. They're a dream to work with. So I'm, I'm really excited. I get to work with them. That is great. So tell us about this book that is coming out in January. Yeah. So this is the story of St. Valentine. And so in third century Rome, um, 
when the emperor bans marriage to build an army of unattached men, um, rumors start swirling around the city that there's one man brave enough to defy the emperor and marry couples in secret. And his fame spreads across the city. And as his fame spreads, um, concerns for his life grow. So um, the uh, female main character of the book is Iris, and she's the daughter of um, a Roman jailer. And her kind of last hope, she's blind and she's searched for a cure for years. And her kind of her last hope lies in searching out Valentine and the Christians and learning more about their God. And um, associating with Christians at this point is pretty dangerous. Her father, her father's a jailer. So there's lots of conflict there. Um, but then as she, um, Valentine and his church kind of lead her to faith in God, um, she sort of left then wrestling with, okay, how do I trust a God who is big and powerful and yet his followers are in peril all the time? Like, how does this work? And um, yeah, as dangers grow in the, in the empire, um, everybody's kind of left wrestling with this question of how can they trust a God who can do amazing miracles, but they're all in danger. So. And so what, so I guess that's kind of like plays into like, that's your, your title of love and treason, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where does this fall in? Like how, where does this part of church history, where does it fall into compared to um, like Nero? Um, ooh, I'm really bad at dates. I think Nero was in like the first century. Yeah. And this is the year 270. Oh, so we're okay. like, yeah, we're quite a bit beyond Nero at this point. And so persecution at this point is kind of sporadic. It'll, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. It depends on the emperor and what's going on in the culture, if it flares up or not. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So I mean, this is such a fascinating, I have never read anything during this time period. Why do you feel like there's not much representation of this period of church history in Christian? Like, I feel like we have a little bit of, you know, the early church up until, you know, the early persecution in Rome, but not much after that. Why do you feel like that is? I don't know. That's a good question. And I wish I knew the answer because like this time period is just so full of amazing stories and just so much courage and bravery and love and sacrifice. And I think that's kind of what drew me to this story in particular is because it was so epic, <laughs> I guess. Um, but also in this time of, you know, pre, um, the, the time before Christianity is kind of legalized, there's a lot of really hard stories and a lot of like very uncomfortable stories that kind of make made me sick to my stomach to read about. Um, and so even as I was researching it, I had to stop myself and be like, okay, why do I feel uncomfortable right now? Is it, am I really uncomfortable or am I feeling convicted? Like, is this a part of my faith that is like, maybe I need to dig deeper here and kind of explore that. So sometimes we read for escape. And so these stories aren't like great escape st stories, but, um, I think, I think they're, they're amazing stories. So I guess like part of, I guess what there are some documented, like in Fox's book of martyrs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are other novels. Um, I have, let's see, um, Amy Rachel Peterson wrote one about Perpetua 
And I mean, Brian Litvin has some about Constantine's empire. Um, yeah, there are, um, Lynn Gentry has a series set in Carthage, but yeah, so there are, there are some, it's a small little niche, but yeah. Yeah. It is hard to, hard to read about period. So yeah. <laughs> so what do you, how do you hope to inspire others in this part of church history? What do you feel like we can learn from that? Ooh. I mean, it was really, I mean, like I said, it was really convicting for me to read these stories about people who would not budge from the truth. And then to kind of look at my own life and be like, okay, am I standing firm? Are there places where I'm compromising to feel comfortable or, you know, to fit in or to not deal with these uncomfortable situations? So it was really convicting for me to just kind of research and read these stories. Um, but I think like overall, my goal really, it's not to venerate a person, you know, this is about St. Valentine. I'm not trying to like lift him up and be like, look at this amazing person, which cool. Like he had an amazing story, but really as I was looking into his story, I was looking more at, wow, look how he viewed God. Like God is so worthy of his worship, of his sacrifice of, you know, this courageous stand he took. Can I, do I look at God like that? Is that how my faith is? And so that's kind of where I hope to kind of angle these stories is not to look at these saints as like, wow, amazing people. Let's copy them. Yes. But look at, <laughs> look at how they viewed God and copy that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that's, a, that makes sense. it does. And it's, it's, you know, obviously we have Jesus as our example and mm -hmm. he's, also like perfect it's so encouraging to see your mortal people like living out that faith and I find that very encouraging and it's so it when I heard that it was Saint Valentine I'm like oh look at this like I feel like there was like one little snippet thing that I heard about how he went against someone to um marry the couple but I didn't know the context of why the marriage was illegal I had no idea about that so that's just um, really fascinating. Had this been going on for like a long time up until that, or was it like a recent development? So if I'm getting this right, um, it was certain um, parts of like the military could not marry. So like the really low soldiers were not allowed to marry um, generally. And then like upper, you know, centurions, you know, upper ranking soldiers could marry. Um, that doesn't mean that they didn't like have families on the side and they just weren't like legal or whatever. Um, it was, I don't know, it's confusing. Cause then you read all these different accounts where like, well, this guy was married. So it's like, it's not like a hard fast rule, but, and then even doing all the research, like you, like all the legends say, oh, Emperor Claudius passed this marriage ban for everybody, but you can't find that marriage ban in any of the documents. So it's like, did that really happen? Did they pull it out because it wasn't popular? So you're, I'm just, as a writer, you're kind of like, okay, trying to make it as historically accurate as possible and then balancing it with like, okay, but all these people are saying this or these legends say this. So it's like, um, it wasn't uncalled, unheard of for, you know, people to strike from the record things that they didn't like, you know, later. And it's so easy even today it's like things that happened five years ago 
we can, can kind of like forget like oh that was like a lot or that was like a big thing five years ago and how easy it is to like fade into memory or not be part of the mm-hmm. regular that does make sense if it was very anti <laughs> if it <laughs> I can see how it's like well let's shove this under the rug yeah <laughs> and then you know it doesn't it, it helps that you know Rome was completely like sacked and burned and libraries were destroyed and everything you know not too long after this point so maybe it was destroyed then who knows <laughs> maybe just in those files that were burned out yes just those ones <laughs> <laughs> So who was your favorite character to write in this book? Um, Valentine was really fun because I got to take these little bits of legends that we hear and then be like, okay, who could, he, who, who could he have been? What kind of person does this? Or, you know, what could his job be in a culture like this? Or, you know, how does this work? How does, how do marriages work? You know, so just kind of really digging into like, what was his job like? What was his the culture like? How who could he have been? You know, based on these little bits that we have. So that was really fun, kind of piecing together him. And um, I feel like I resonated with Iris and in her searching and questioning because I feel like when I was writing it, I was sort of in that same place. Um, but. I always fall really hard for side characters in books. Like I don't even care. They could have one line. <laughs> And it could be like this, a really great line. I'm like, I love that person. I just, (laughs) so like, I really loved who Titus became. And in the early drafts, he was just, you know, doing his side character thing. And then I realized he needed to have his own point of view chapters. So we could really get into his head and what he was thinking. And, you know, his perspective, like the very Roman soldier perspective of like, how is this affecting the nation? And Man, when he, when he started talking, you know, in my head and telling his story, um, man, he just unfolded into just a deeply complex character and man, my heart just ached for him. And I just, I wanted him to be happy <laughs> and find the Lord. <laughs> that is so cool. I love it that it's like, you took that, that extra perspective that was needed and followed through with it. I feel like those always add so much dimension to the story. Yeah, he was fun. What do you feel is a character that readers could learn the most from? Oh, you're asking really good questions. <laughs> um, I mean, so there's four point of view characters here and they all kind of struggle in different ways and they're looking to overcome their problems in different ways. Um, and I mean, all, every reader is different and they're all coming from different backgrounds and all have different struggles. So, you know, whoever they might resonate with might be different than, um, than someone else. But for me personally, I related to Iris a lot, which I said before, um, and that while I was writing this, I was kind of wrestling with my own confusion and, you know, frustration and disappointment with unanswered prayer and how God answered one prayer and then he didn't answer the other. And it's, I had to kind of wrestle through the same thing she did of, okay, can I trust God when he says yes? And when he says no, or only when he says yes. And so that was, um, that was, she's the one I resonated with because of that, but it might be different for everyone else. So. But I feel like there always is somebody at one, at some point, if not multiple times in your faith, you will be wrestling with those questions. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's 
matter of time or perspective or place in your life that you're like why aren't you answering this god so yeah i'm sure i'm actually yeah really excited to see that and i love hearing that it's like oh you could you're writing out a character that she wasn't just like character that wasn't something that we can that we can't identify with and struggle with so that sounds really cool i'm excited to read this so much um (laughs) so what do you feel like on the broader scale of you know the church off it's it's pretty much different time for us here in the western world but what do you feel like the struggles that your characters could face could be like similar similar or comparable to struggles that struggles that believers will have in today's world yeah um I think the interesting thing about writing this was as I was writing this and thinking like oh it's ancient Rome it's so long ago like we are so different the thing I was so struck with was that oh we are we are not so different actually you know like the things that they're facing then are not the exact same you know we don't have arenas full of lions and stuff but you know we face, we face similar cultural issues too. You know, our culture is crazy. I'm sure every generation has looked out and felt the same. Um, but every generation also has a choice to, you know, are we going to be the light pushing back of the darkness, no matter what happens, no matter if we lose friends or, um, whatever it is. And so I feel like that question is just the same across the board for all believers of any generation and time. And then, you know, going back to the whole, can I trust God when he doesn't answer prayers? Like that's, you know, we're all on this faith journey. And so I feel like there's, there's a lot of relatable things just, just in their struggles too. Absolutely. And it's, you're right. It's, it's like, oh, I almost feel like that's a bit of a, a real stumbling block that so many people have about historical stuff. It's like, oh, it was so far long ago nothing will apply to me today but like those things of like being courageous in front of your fears and everything it's like that's the human experience you know it's yeah yeah always learn from it yeah um so if love and treason had a playlist what song or songs would be on it i had to think about this because when i was writing it I listen to, I listen to music. I listen to soundtracks, but no words. And so like, whenever I look at the book, I'm like, oh, gladiator soundtrack is playing in my head or like, um, like, the Michael W. Smith's freedoms, freedom album and the glory album. Like those are the things I wrote that was just playing while I was writing. But then, you know, the songs that were on the radio and the songs I was listening to just during that time that kind of remind me of the story um like even if by mercy me um another in the fire by hillsong um we won't be shaken by building 429 oh those are good i i love that because i um and i probably should ask people this before but of like i often equate like certain songs and everything that i listen to if they have that similar message i i love mixing of the stories and music so I'm glad that there were some that you're in there too yeah <laughs> some people don't look at music at all that they equate with the book and I'm like okay I should actually check first <laughs> <laughs> oh. so what is a book that you always recommend 
Mm. Um, it's hard because I always, when people are asking me to recommend books, I'm always like, well, what do you like to read? You know, yeah. so like you trying to tailor your recommendations based on like, oh, I've got a book for that genre. Um, but I, I think, hmm, Mark of the Lion series by Francine Rivers is just a go-to all the time. It was so life-changing when I read it the first time I like immediately read it again. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just one of those stories that just yeah, challenge and change you and captivate you all at once. So, and I love the, how it was so, um, intertwined and it gave you that epic saga feel to it mm -hmm. for those things. I just, yeah, it definitely yeah. had that very distinct experience. Mm -hmm. So, What is next for you in the writing world? Now that this, your baby is going to be out. I know. <laughs> terrifying <laughs> but exciting um yeah so of love and treason releases january 23rd and i am deep in revisions for book two um which doesn't have a title yet like officially but it takes place i don't know like 20 30 years after of love and treason some of the characters kind of peek in there and it's the story of saint nicholas so it's set on the coast of Turkey and yeah. That is exciting. <laughs> is that what you, you feel like is really going to be your kind of niche is the church history characters like this? I don't know if I'll always do characters, but these two were just, I mean, kind of no brainers. They're like so close together in, in history and, and all that. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of just like tiny stories that, you know, of things that happen, I'd be like, oh, that would have been interesting to live through. Why don't I explore that? You know? So I think church history will probably always kind of be in there somewhere, whether it's a whole character story, or if it's just something that happens. Um, I just think it's interesting. And it's fascinating. I'm so excited that you're doing St. Nicholas too. Now <laughs> the, the original <laughs> Mr. Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I love Christmas stories and I know it's a little going to be a little bit different than your regular, but yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, it doesn't, it's not your typical Christmas story, <laughs> but it's interesting. I think. We'll no, I love, I love history coming to life and I love um, me. Per, I also really love, and I feel like it's done. It's done so much through like civil war era history, world war two ish where the big events are happening in the background, but you get to see like the day-to-day -day life of, fictional you know characters that maybe mm -hmm. never existed, but you get to see them live through it and yes. it makes it so I don't know relatable in a way that it's like oh you're not this character that's living through x y and z you know where they are in history yeah it, yeah I think it's fun I love your creativity um excited about this so where can listeners follow you, keep up to date with your news, all that stuff? Um, probably the best place is my website. It's jamieogle.com, J-A-M-I-E-O-G-L-E.com. Um, there's links there to my Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, BookBub, um, 
Amazon profile. You can follow me on those places or newsletter sign up is there too. So that's probably the best place to, to find me. Um, I'm pr- pretty, pretty active on Instagram, probably mostly. So <laughs> when I'm not writing, I can be active on Instagram. <laughs> Do you feel like your writing pacing is different now that you have that? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely changed in like, oh, I have to do this. Like I have to, not like in a bad way, but like, oh, this needs to be done at a certain time. I don't just get to have, you know, my whole life to finish this book anymore. (laughs) So it's been, it's been a learning discipline time. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I am so um, happy for you. Congratulations on this. And to hearing more thank you well thank you for having me this nicole this was great my pleasure i sure hope you found that as interesting as i did and i am actually just now just received my advanced reader copy as i am recording this and i am very excited to dive into this story and I really can't wait to see what she comes up with next. Until next time, may your TBR be unending.